Bobby. Bobby, honey, um, what do you know about sexual relations? I don't know. Nothing much. I'm a little worried about being a slut. Uh-huh. fellow virgins <laughs> yeah yeah this is a, a very chad and virgin episode and there's no chads here that's why our life is always in danger what's that account right now that like i don't know if it's i think it's i think it's supposed to be serious but there's some like college campus like virginity club or something and they, they make these like posts that are like amazing like godly shit posts but i think they're serious oh, and then very man. recently uh one of them went viral because they were like you know regrettably one of our <laughs> our admin members had to step down due to losing their virginity oh fuck that's funny <laughs> although i guess we survived the pandemic so maybe we're the chads mm. we're the chads who do fuck as opposed to the virgins who don't fuck that's possible. Um, if you hadn't guessed yet from this very weird intro, uh, we're talking about Cherry Falls today. <laughs> this is a bit of a weird one because it's been sort of crazy this month, I guess. or Like, not even necessarily that bad, just for some reason we haven't been able to get together and, like, watch shit and record. Yeah, well, I mean, between, like, the heat wave and then, like... I went and fucked up my back, so I was like, right. you know, yes, of course. bed bound, not driving for yeah, a Yeah, that was like days. an extra, that was almost a week of just like, yeah, you're, we're not hanging yeah, out. Yeah, I'm just like being at home, being sad, and and then, yeah, all the smoke in the air. Yeah, and you absolutely, you re- house. Yeah, absolutely refuse to be here if it's too hot, and I don't blame <laughs> you with no AC. Yeah. You know, that's just class warfare against me, but that's I know, okay. I know. Um, so what we ended up doing is we actually went back to an old episode that we recorded last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I checked the date. This one was recorded on August 1st, so it was after mm-hmm. we'd been gone for a couple months, and it was one of our attempts at uh, rebooting, but then, right. you know, like, the will to live just wasn't a thing, as I think it's been the case for most people over the past year. Yeah. Um, we actually have two episodes recorded in the wings and all that, but I think we should address the quick fuck-up that happened last time. Like, because... Yeah, I think we even, like, led up to it, where we're like, yeah, we have a special yeah. episode coming uh, Yeah, okay, so what happened is we were a week late on the uh, uh, Scum Manifesta episode, and that was because the heat wave just made it so difficult to want to work in my office, so I had to relocate all my stuff, but then I also, I had a job. Yes. I had a paid job, and I, I, I focused on that all week. It took all week, but yeah. it was great. So that went up a week late, and so the following week was an episode that we were going to put up, but it was like, okay, do we wait two weeks, or do we just have two in a row kind of thing? But the thinking is, it was Shark Week. So we're like, okay, cool. We did a Shark Week episode. We we watched all the movies for it last summer because we were going to do it for last Shark Week in one of our many attempts to But then we realized up. that because of the pandemic, Shark Week came way earlier than usual. Yeah. It wasn't in July. It was in, like, May or something. Yeah, yeah. So we were like, oh, well, should we do it when Shark Week usually is? Yeah. And, and then, then we didn't, of course. Anyway, that was the plan. And so we watched everything, record this episode and all that, and we're like, good to go. I'm like, cool, I'll just cut it together and we'll put it up. And then I go upstairs and realize we never recorded this episode. And I have 
like I swear I have a false memory of I do recording too. it. I was so certain we recorded this fucking episode because I Me know too. we watched it. We watched like uh, Jaws and Shark Night 3D and something else. We watched uh, the, the, the Shallows. Yeah, so we watched one with Blake Lively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched those and we didn't talk about them at all. Uh, because Apparently. I had two episodes and I knew one was one that I'm not going to tell what it is because we'll get to it yes. later. Surprise. It'll it'll be another one that when we are like panicked, we'll just drop it on your heads. Yes. But then the one that I thought was the shark episode turned out to be Cherry Falls and I completely <laughs> forgot that we did an episode like, on Cherry Falls. When you mentioned it, I remembered that, but I was yeah. like, but didn't we do it, a shark Yeah, one? it came back when I, when I found it, but it was just like, wait, this happened? <laughs> So who knows, maybe that shark episode is lost under some weird file name, but I scoured my hard drive and the external hard drive, could not find it. I trust you, we're probably just dumb bitches. So maybe it's like in a random folder where my computer just labeled as like notporn.exe and I have to convert it back to audio just to open it. That sounds like something you would do. Yeah, totally. send yourself on a wild goose chase. Yeah, why not? Treasure Um, hunt. But, uh, you know, so... No Shark Week this this week for us, but that's okay Sorry, because friends. it's obvious that anyone who likes horror podcasts would have spent the week just listening to I Hope You Suffer anyway because they Hopefully. are they are the shark podcast. This is true. Like they are so down for shark attack movies, and I kind of love that about them. And it's like, hey, I, I totally heard your shout out for us uh, a couple episodes ago about coming back, and that was really sweet. Yeah, thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, so you know. Figured it's overdue to shout out their goofy, goofy shit. Especially they, given they, that. They're watching the movies that, like, I don't even know if I have the will to touch. <laughs> and I love some stupid fucking movies, you know? Yeah, that that's, that's yeah. doing the Lord's work. Yeah, they're doing the Lord's work, yeah. If we're watching, like, uh, bad sex movies from the 70s that are the opposite of horny, they are watching the garbage fire sci-fi movies that someone farted into existence. Nice. And it's, it's pretty great. <laughs> pretty great yeah so love um, that for them yeah if you want your shark fix and you didn't get enough from a uh, shark week check them out they're great yeah shit they have like i think they've just like eclipsed 150 episodes or Damn. something good job and um you know like us they also have a patreon because you know we both have <laughs> so they actually have one yeah yeah I, I don't know if you're talking about it. i have a patreon they have just, one that exists yeah, outside sure. of, outside of their their memory palace yeah yeah i have a i'm trying to like make a tulpic thought form of the patreon account just will it into existence their golem style that's Love what it. i'm doing but anyway so we're gonna jump to an episode we recorded last year that it's very short because it was already short because we recorded in the heat wave um, in the episode, I don't know if this part stayed in or not, um, but we mentioned that it's like, it's 9am and it's already sweltering. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, heat waves every year. So yeah, that's what's going on. It was already short to begin with, but I... It's one movie. Yeah. And not like... And not us being smart about it. We yeah. were just done. So we just kind of skimmed it. We got some good points, but... For sure. You know, yeah, it's sort it, of a it's speed It's briefer read. than maybe your, yeah. your past work. Yeah. But, uh, when I was editing it, I thought of some other shit that it's like why did i not think of this weird galaxy brain 4d chess take on this movie and you like um, only hinted at me yeah, about it so i'm so excited yeah, to hear it's, it it's wild like i feel like we should just pause recording so i have enough time to order a bong so i can take <laughs> a huge juicy rip off of it before i get into it <laughs> you just have to stick with the imagery and yeah, just, just go for it. keep that in your mind palaces. So enjoy this episode that we recorded a while ago that has, you know, way more just general ennui. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, enjoy. 
So what are we talking about today? We are doing one of our one movie episodes. Yes, this might be a bit shorter, but I guess yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, we haven't really planned it. Well, I mean, we planned what we're going to talk about, obviously, yeah. but mostly just kind of see where the conversation takes us. Yeah. Is our style. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Cherry Falls. Yeah. I don't off the top of my head remember what year it's 2000. from. 2000. This, this is a 2000 slash right on the Right on the, this on is, the new um, millennium. A post-scream slasher movie mm. right at the the opening of the early 2000s. I was going to say Mess, that was horror, but I realize now that the, a lot of those movies are being reappraised as like the cult classics that some of them deserve mm. to be. Keyword on some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this movie, I had a weird takeaway from this one this time. I, I thought this movie fucked a lot harder the first time I saw it. Um, <laughs> That's fair. And when we watched it a while ago, mm-hmm. it didn't quite hit as hard for me this time. That's fair. What about you? Did, did you enjoy I did, yeah. I don't... I mean, I as as we were watching it, I was like, oh, right, that's the killer. And, oh, yeah, that's the twist. And yeah, so, yeah. so it, it, it wasn't... You know, knowing that, maybe I think it wasn't quite the same experience as the first time, where it's like, oh, they just fucking did that? Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Oh. <laughs> of course they did, because it's the year 2000. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we will be getting into some spoilers here, because you can't really talk about this in the way we want to talk about this movie without spoiling the shit out of it. As usual. So, um, if you haven't seen Cherry Falls, it is out from Scream Factory. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but uh, it's worth your time if you enjoy slasher movies, especially if you want a 2000 slasher that's actually fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, keyword on fun. This was a very fun movie for for what it does. I, I think it's hard to really take it too seriously. So what have we got for a plot here? What What's the setup of this movie? So in the sleepy town of Cherry Falls, we have somebody who... Is, we, have, we have a serial killer who has just started up their reign of terror and is targeting high schoolers, teenagers. And after a few of them are autopsied, because there, there are male and female victims, yeah. it was revealed by very rigorous scientific <laughs> tests that... The females were virgins. Dun, dun, dun. And while there aren't the same rigorous scientific tests available to tell if the males were virgins, what they do know is that those, even who were found with their girlfriends or whatever at the time, had their bodies displayed no signs of carnal knowledge of one another. Okay, what I love about this is we get the very opening scene that takes on that, that trope of like, the lover's lane. Yeah. Like, um, the couple and like they're about to get to it, but then she like pushes them off. Mm-hmm. And like um, when you realize the reveal of the killer targeting virgins, it's like by not hooking up, that probably was their death sentence. So yep. it's, it's a nice inversion <laughs> on the slasher movie trope of Absolutely. you have sex and die, and that's it's through the exactly. whole movie. But what you said specifically about the medical testing, that's like, <laughs> ah, yes, I have checked, and they are virgins They and have stuff. intact hymen. I love how they do that. They go into that, then afterwards, it's like, also, you carved the word virgin into their thigh. It's like they go into all, it's like, yes, the testing shows that they're virgins, blah, blah, blah. I think it's a calling card. Are you sure about that? Well, he wrote it on them with a knife. True. And it's just like, true. could have led with that one, boss. You might, yeah. But at the same time, like... What if the killer was wrong? What if the killer type wrote virgin, but he was just, like, calling them losers because the killer's total chad? And <laughs> this is a 2000s horror movie, not a 2010s or 2020s I don't know. I feel like, like mocking people for being virgins and, and saying that to, like, make them seem like losers is, like, an ageless thing. Even it if is. there's no chad Even in slasher involved. movies, because, you know, it's always, like... 
the final girl who's all virginal and all yeah. stuff. It's just like, how precocious and naive. You should really have some fun. And you should let loose. And then it's just like, oh, you're so frigid and uptight. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's either played as like a fault or just like it really like takes away their agency. Like there's a naivety yeah. to, to them as people. Absolutely. They don't know themselves yet because they haven't gotten fucked. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's that's how this one starts. I like the the meta narrative. Like this is a very post Scream kind of thing mm-hmm. in that you know like the whole movie. It's not quite as meta narrative as Scream, where they're literally talking about rules of a horror movie right. and all that stuff. But the premise is hinging on the subversion of a rule of a horror movie. Yes. So it, it right baked into the mo. There's a nice little twist on things mm-hmm. that uh, I really like. But that's not the only sort of there. There's layers to this movie. <laughs> One of my favorite aspects about this is when it's revealed the killer's targeting virgins, the the kids' plans to save themselves. They just decide to throw a giant orgy. (laughs) And it's like, that was so fucking fun. I love that they went there. Yes. Um, Yeah, yeah, just because it's so funny because, um, you know, they, the the sheriff and everyone they call, or whatever, the cops, they call together, like, a parent. Like a PTA thing. Yeah, PTA kind of thing. To inform the parents, be like, well, okay, they're targeting virgins. And they're like, well, so what are we supposed to do? Tell our kids to go, like, fucking suck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. My daughter. My, yeah. my pure daughter. Yeah, so, and but then, of course, kids overhear this and they're like, oh, and it's we gross. gotta go fucking yeah. suck. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's just um, this fucking, fucking <laughs> thing. Um before we get to that, we get, like, the cast of kids. Like, we see um, the characters. And it's funny because um, I found them more interesting than just stock, stock slasher yeah. characters. Like, you know, they, they kind of fit into that mold a fair bit. For sure. But they have there's a bit more t- going. Yeah. Like, there's more to them. Like, there's more personality, I feel, mm-hmm. in the characters. And it's funny that they did that on a movie that could have been so single-minded with oh, their characters. Yeah. Like, the whole drive of the movie is, like, hey, get laid. Yeah, exactly. And, like... It kind of needs to be for the the survival aspect of the plot. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they actually have a little more to the characters than just like oh, time to go fuck is yeah. like actually cool. They didn't like, have I to like go that, that hard for that. us, no, they but they did. Um, one of those ones where there's a lot of faces we recognized, either like because they did other stuff at the time where they kind of blew up after the fact, right? Sort of thing. But there was a lot of like that dude's familiar, that lady's familiar, that dude's familiar. And uh, as we're watching this... Yeah, like, it turned out it starred Brittany Murphy, like... Yeah. I knew I recognized her somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I knew her, like, that voice? Unmistakable. Um, (laughs) But no, there were a lot of people in the background that's like, I know that face. I don't know why. Yeah. And then uh, if you're a genre fan, uh, Michael Bean from, like, Aliens and Terminator Mm. is uh, uh, the sheriff. Right. Kind of do, like, uh, Brittany Murphy's dad. Mm Mm-hmm. All that to say, all that sort of, like, gushing over what we like about it, this movie has problems. <laughs> it has lots of problems. The first problem I just thought of when you mentioned her sheriff cop dad, oh, I don't know, pro- I have a problem with it. The the weird, like, uh, the main character, Brittany Murphy's character, is, like, weird interactions with her parents. Right. Where they, like, kiss and they, like... You know, when, when her dad's teaching her self-defense and he has her pinned on the ground, they, like, linger staring yeah, into each other's eyes a little bit too if long. If they weren't related, that would have been the moment the where kiss. they kiss. Yeah. And, um... Or she's... A, I mean... Okay, I don't know. I, I know, I know. like, it, it's very culturally variant, but I guess just, like, seeing, a, you know, supposedly, like, 17-year-old girl kissing her mom full on the mouth yeah. in America. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. 
again, in other places I'd expect, but it was just, it was, it was like, oh. Yeah, yeah it's, a bit, it's a bit jarring. <laughs> it is, for, yeah, it for, is. For, like, the repressed uptightness that you expect of, like, of Midwestern white people, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the weird, like, Oedipal shit happening, or when he, like, when the dad, when he finds out that the, the killer's targeting virgins, and he goes into his daughter's room, and he's like, have you gone all the way? I mean, could you go further? It's like, yeah. like, oh, daddy, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it, and it's never really addressed. So yeah. it's just like this weird, uncomfortable thing that just kind of hangs yeah. there and you're just kind of expected to like, to be like, I yeah, this have, is happening. I just to know this and live with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie's also very white. Oh yeah. Like this movie is exceedingly white, even by like, like 2000 standards. 2000 movie standards. Yeah. I guess uh, the killer is a huge thing here. Yeah. Because this doesn't fall into like the 90s homophobia. Right. But as much like there's not there's not people calling each other the F-bomb or anything like that. Right. Um, that you'd expect from like earlier slashers or other True. ones around this time. Like it, it doesn't feel like Eli Roth wrote the dialogue, you know. Uh-huh. But this is one of those ones that fits nicely in with like the whole like psycho sleepaway camp legacy <laughs> in that the killer is like cross dressing mm-hmm. murderer and insane. Yeah, because we have this. He's um, cross dressing because his mother like tortured him yeah. and made him crazy. Yeah, and now he's like cross dressing as her and killing people and targeting. Yeah, yeah. So there's a very uh, sort of Buffalo Bill esque yeah. kind of thing going on here, and it's definitely played up for laughs. Oh yeah, like it's definitely, definitely played up for laughs. Uh, I won't quite go as far as to say it's full-on transphobic. Because they don't drop the T-slur. No, and, like... and and the character very much is seen as a cross-dresser yeah, in this kind of thing. That's true. But, you know, it's not hard to draw those p- parallels from the, the movie. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a lot of movie twists where it's just like, oh, my God, she was a man the whole time yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, like, that's kind of in there by virtue of the reveal because fairly early on we realize that the killer is a, a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, or so we think. Yes, uh, taking the taking the form of a woman. Yeah, is, uh, is female passing. Yeah, and at least then, in her silhouette. Uh, we we get the twist, and and the way they shoot it when the twist happens is, you know, the killer has that sort of like cis normative female form for the for the early stuff, but then mm-hmm. as soon as we realize that it's a, a dude in drag. Um, they really emphasize, like, running around in, like, a sleeveless tank top with, like, muscles on the show. Like, right. they really emphasize, like, that disconnect from what we, as a normative society, expect a woman to look like. And what is, like... They really go for, like, this is a dude in a dress. Yeah. Totally, totally. There's a very sort of Glenn Danzig vibe about the killer once they, uh, <laughs> once the reveal happens. Like, I think it's the wig. Yeah. <laughs> but the, it's just one of those things where they have all these little bits going, like the kid shows up at the house right when he's about to off Brittany Murphy, and um, he answers the door wearing like this silk robe with makeup all over his face, and it's just like, are you wearing lipstick? He's like, makes me feel pretty. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They said, fuck it. This does lead to one of my favorite sequences in the movie, because the character who's revealed to be the killer is also, like, the really understanding, cool teacher that everyone, especially Brittany Murphy, likes. That's, like, why she goes to his house. Yeah. I still love when he crashes in on the orgy house, like, looking completely deranged, and just yells, class dismissed, and just starts (laughs) chopping kids that are fucking and sucking, and it's just like, oh, this is beautiful. (laughs) 
But with the reveal, there is another problematic aspect about this movie, and it's the weird rape stuff going on. Mm. Like, I don't know what to make of some of this. Yeah, like, I, um, I thought they did a pretty good job of, like, when, um, Brittany Murphy asks her mom, like, oh, it's, like, whatever the chick's name, like, she heard the name yeah. that this killer resembles of this woman who, like, left town and was never seen again. Yeah. So the mom's like, oh, well, she said that a bunch of the, like, football boys raped her, and then, um, and then all, the, and then, like, halfway through changes, she's like, well, you know, she was drunk and she, like, fucked four guys, and then Brittany Murphy's character's like, you said she was raped. Yeah. So it, like, I kind of there, like, calls out the, like... They actually call that they, out. They, they, they show the process of, like, just the cognitive dissonance of, like, oh, it was somebody... It's my husband, or it was somebody I know, so I'm going to, like, torture the logic for myself to say that she was asking for it, or yeah, that she like wanted it. Yeah, the victim it. blaming comes even, out and like lit- sure. Yeah, and you, like, literally... But you, like, just, like, even see that at, like, the process of it happening for, like, the first thing, it's, oh, she was raped, and then... Actually, she wanted it. So, and then, yeah. but, and then having, so not only seeing that chain or mm-hmm. that process, but then also having it called out right there, be like, uh uh-uh, uh, you said she was raped. Yeah, the narrative switches to fit the story that she wants to tell. Exactly. Like, to protect her feelings. And for it gets sure. distracted. And, and it does it right in the moment. So, yeah, exactly. So that's a good point. It does show it. And that was a pretty interesting way to actually tackle that. Because, yeah. you know, in a 90 minute movie, it's kind of hard to get into, like, Especially in the year 2000, a woman is drunk, or yeah, a young woman is drunk and, like, violated. It's like, oh, well, that, that that's how you butter her. That's how you get her, right? It's like, you you want to get her drunk. Well, shit, we watched a movie we're going to talk about next week, and there'll be a point I bring up next week, where they literally start the character development of, like, you got to buy booze to get her drunk so she'll fuck you. Exactly. And it's just, exactly. Like, that movie was, like, what, 2010s? <laughs> right? Like, yes, yeah, like, so that's still a very common thing. Um, so, yeah, like... It's no surprise that that narrative is going on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's well, yeah. It's old. It's like as old as fucking alcohol. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and then when the fact that the the rape occurred was revealed in sort of the backstory thing, like the motive mm-hmm. building part and all that, I felt like they did a pretty good job of like, yeah, she's definitely the victim here. Mm-hmm. She's definitely being like she she was assaulted by these people. Yes. And uh, rather than, like, like you know, you see the holes in the mom's story that's like, oh, she was drunk and she wanted it. Like, they nefariously like, yeah, they poured bruise down her throat to yeah. make sure no one would believe her. Exactly. That's where we get the reveal that the sheriff dad character was one of the four guys yeah. that was in on the, the gang rape. And but he was like that was the part that I find kind of hard to digest yeah. because it's one of those things where it's like he was so drunk he didn't know what he was doing and his friends like forced him to do it and so it's one of those things where it's just like oh I'm the victim too even though I committed a rape but at the same time he owns it or he's yeah. just like I still did it I went yeah. along with it that, or like yeah. I knew and it's one of those things where it's just like it really muddies the waters on, like, what we're supposed to take away from this. Like, are we supposed to feel sympathetic? Is he, like, copping to it and we're supposed to be, like, condemning? Like, like, where where the movie thinks we should lie is definitely muddied in in this sequence. Yeah, because I I see it as, like, I guess I maybe my, my optimistic is, like, I see that, like, he felt he didn't have a lot of control in that situation, or, you know, whatever, but but that at the same time he still made his choice and... He has to live with it, yeah. and so it's like acknowledging those two like truths can co- can mm-hmm. in fact coexist. It's not just black and white, but yeah. At the same time, it's like I I, I don't therefore think that's like oh no, what a nice guy! I can't believe the killer got him. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm like exactly. oh fucking good riddance. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where I, it, it's hard to 
to pin down what the movie yeah. is really trying to say about this aspect of it. Mm-hmm. One thing that was a little disappointing about the climax that was going in this is you could tell that this was chopped down for an R rating. Ah. And I was really hoping in a restoration we would have uh, gotten an uncut version. I know right. that this is around the time where it was just sort of when DVDs were hitting big. Mm. And so studios were still chopping movies and just kind of getting rid of the extra footage, not really restoring it or storing it thinking, oh, this will be good on the DVD. Right. Um, not really looking ahead. Whereas that's kind of standard practice now. Yeah. Um, you know, like the big example of that is the Event Horizon cut that like yeah. has yet to surface. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I noticed like during the the big slashathon thing, um, you don't actually really see much gore. You really don't. Gruesomeness. And it's like that's fine, that's fine and all, but you notice it when the killer gets knocked off the balcony. Yeah. And falls and gets impaled. The camera cuts right before the impact, so you get like this half a second shot of him about to hit the spike right. and you know that something was filmed and cut out totally and then um when he gets shot to pieces it's again cut weird <laughs> and uh that part was great and then it shuts, shows the kid like like all panicked that got grabbed and the killer's severed hand is still grabbing their hair and it's just like oh we missed some good stuff we cleared, yeah yeah we did. so that part was a little mm. but Whatever. Yeah, because it's not as it's not as intrusive or like standout throughout the movie. Yeah. You're kind of like, okay, this is maybe just the style. But yeah, once it gets to yeah. that like the climax, it's like really, guys. Yeah, like this it's is it's not intrusive. a blood and guts movie. And it's not trying to be, and I don't think no, it, it doesn't needs have to, be. to be like at all. Like I'm not trying to say like, oh, well, what's the point? That's but it, it's when you notice the cutting. That's, that's the, the part where it's yeah, a little like. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this one in terms of just the slasher narrative on a whole, with like the way it plays with tropes? Yeah. I really like it, and I mean, I like that it twists the twists that all on its head in yeah. terms of the the really sort of like from the practically from the beginning, not including Black Christmas, but like pretty much anything onwards, of the final girl has to be a virgin. Yeah. That um, having sex is a death sentence. Yeah, it makes you even like deserving of death yeah. in some. And I just I I it, it's it's this weird like I think that's so clever on like so many levels and. Yeah. I don't, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Like, I don't know if they were, I don't, I don't get the sense that they were actually going after making any comments on like purity culture right. or any of that, especially since a lot of that and like more cultural commentary was probably more like 2010s. Like I think yeah. I'm thinking of like uh, Jessica Valenti's book, like the purity myth that came out, right. I want to say like a little, very late 2000s. Right. I think I, I read it in like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 2010, 2011. Okay. Maybe 2009. I don't know. 2010, we'll say. Yeah. Right around there, give or take a year. So, and I, and I think it was, like, fairly new at that point. Like, it wasn't that old. So, like, that was definitely something that was being, like, more talked about. Okay. So, I guess this was kind of, like... Yeah, I don't think it comments on purity culture so much as... Like, I think it's it's going more after... Like, the, the film is going more after the, um... Just, the, like, the slasher trope. The, the film trope, yeah. But in doing so, they maybe kind of inadvertently turn a lot of things on its head that have, like, it's better to be pure. It protects yeah. you. It, like, it's like, no, it'll get you fucking killed. Yeah. So... That's funny. Yeah, but at the same time, it, it makes you wonder about how the, the rape narrative plays into this. Right. Because um, it was the quote-unquote loss of the killer's mom's purity. Yes. You know, from that kind of, like, the idea that society puts forth towards people who are assaulted. Yeah. Like, this kind of gross narrative that drives her insane and causes her to abuse her son in, like, this very sort of, like... The house looks like something out of, like, a Rob Zombie movie. Oh, yeah. And, um the killer is then going after virgins kind of thing. Yeah, so and, it's just like, and it is specifically of, like, you know, to get revenge for my mom. Yeah. 
whose whose rape baby I am, yeah. who she hated for it. Yeah. I think even says like what what better to do than like kill your pure virginal children. So yeah. even then it's it's yeah, it's it's not it's not questioning purity culture. It's it's buying right into it and saying like yeah. their deaths are even more sad because they were so pure and yeah. so innocent and Yeah, it, it's almost like that quote unquote loss of purity makes them like, like degenerate can... and, and bad kind of thing and so he doesn't think it's as worthy of punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... Yeah, and it's it's more tragic if they're they're kill they're they're killed while pure and yeah. virginal. Yeah. And the movie kind of undoes its own meta narrative at the end. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, the one character that we know doesn't have sex and survives, like the final girl, is yeah. Brittany Murphy, and she doesn't actually have sex with anyone. Right. Whereas the killing all the teens at the end is while they're fucking. Yes. So it at the end it turns right back into Just the like a normative slasher, slasher narrative so where it's like if you fuck you die, if you didn't you might survive kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so even though it's a it's a fun sequence, yeah. it's a little bit undermining its own Just a little sort bit. of like cool twist on things. Right. That's so true. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I was more just like, oh, this is funny. Yeah. They think they're saving themselves. Ha! But you're, you're completely right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that said, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Mm-hmm. And I'd recommend it to just about anyone who wants to watch anyone who, who fun, yeah, fun who's, slasher movies. Who enjoys slashers, who enjoys twists on slashers. Yeah, totally. Who enjoys fun slashers. I guess it also fits into that sort of, like, early 2000s high school movie. Like, oh, yeah. the high school horror, like, you know, like, the faculty and stuff like that. Like, right. Just, I think that was, like, 98, but... Still. Yeah, just sort of of that time. hmm And, uh, I don't know, this was... It, it definitely fell into that, like, <laughs> that student looks as old as that teacher kind of trap <laughs> sort yes. of thing. You know, the whole Wet Hot American Summer effect right. kind of going on. Or it's just some, some dude with, like, two mortgages and a full beer is like, oh, man, I can't wait for my 16th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> It's not quite as egregious as some I've seen, but yeah. but it's it's still it's still something like I'm looking at, I'm looking that. at you, Slaughter High. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slaughter High, good fun. Okay, so that was. Um, our 2020 take on Cherry Falls. Not that in-depth, but we do hit some major points of the uh, movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like we were sort of uh, cramming for an exam with this episode <laughs> and just like, all right, let's do the Coles notes right. of our points. But when I, like I mentioned, when I was editing this together, we were talking about a certain scene and I got flashes to another movie with this and then I started following that thread and so essentially what we have here is Cherry Falls is the OG Nightmare on Elm Street remake (laughs) Cherry Falls is a remake of a Nightmare on Elm Street and I will not be taking questions at this time except I'm totally taking questions at this time Um, I'm not the only person to completely point this out Hmm. I did a quick search to see if there was anything on it because I thought it was kind of a fucking worm-brained take to have There was, I found one article where someone said the movie owes a lot to Nightmare on Elm Street and Mm -hmm. then did not elaborate beyond that. And then another one that likened uh, Brittany Murphy's character to Heather Langenkamp's, but more for the, uh, they're proactive as a final girl and stuff like that rather than getting into the deets of it. Very, very, like, surface level cursory kind of, like, 
We'll point to it, but we're not going yes. to elaborate. But this movie is Nightmare on Elm Street if instead of uh, the like pedophile panic of Freddy Krueger, you have the trans panic of uh jay moore's killer character who oh. we didn't rewatch it for this episode so i don't remember anyone's name so it would be funny <laughs> to talk about a little bit of course you know if you ask certain people <coughs> turfs trans panic and uh pedo panic are like that right they're one arm, the that arm grasping yeah meme except uh they the, the people that think that can just go fucking die yes. like just straight up like i mean to say the panic like to look at it as, as a moral panic hysteria kind mm-hmm. of bullshit thing then yeah by all means but for the people who are like no this is real and it threatens us yeah it, it threatens fucking, our beautiful fucking, cis womanhood fucking turfs man jesus christ like this is what i guess last episode we didn't really get into turfs oh no i mentioned the Not turf haircut bit, think, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently, you know, this last year has been real bad for that. Mm-hmm. Nothing uh, better to do. Yeah, okay, so anyway, the scene that made me think about this as Nightmare on Elm Street is the scene that we, one of the few scenes we got into previously a lot, I think mm-hmm. I even, I can't remember, but I might have likened it to the scene. Hmm. It's where uh, Brittany Murphy confronts her mom about the backstory of, like, right. who this person was, is just, like, the closest example of a scene lifted straight from nightmare on elm street mm-hmm. in when um nancy confronts her mom and her mom's drinking and is like telling this conflicting story right. about what went down with freddy krueger and that scene kind of is like showing the reason and motive for the killer mm-hmm. in nightmare on elm street it's the killer was like vigilante by the parents yeah so it's going after the parents kids yes um in this one it was the uh again can't remember her name but the 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 woman in the backstory who was assaulted by all the football guys who is the mother of the killer in this one yes and that and in that one in this one the killer is once again going for the perpetrator's kids Mm -hmm. so it's that similar kind of thing i mean that's kind of an obvious sort of thing to an extent but there's a definite mirroring in the fact that it's uh, they're going after the children of the perpetrators as almost like this isn't revenge to just get back what was wronged. This yeah. is, like, revenge to harm them in a way that is just, like, you know, like, you, you did the worst thing to me imaginable, so I am getting you back tenfold kind yeah, of Yeah, it's that sort of, like, blood feud. Like, yeah, it totally, kind of totally. It I, I makes me think... Um, that was, that's one of the big themes of when I was taking the, like, old Norse literature and stuff courses, yeah. of, like, the sagas and stuff, is that, and I remember one of the students in my class, like, because you always hear, like, an eye for an eye, mm-hmm. a tooth for a tooth, whatever, and he pointed out that it can sometimes get, like, continually escalated, so he's, like, yeah. it almost ends up becoming more like an arm for a finger. Right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong, Your molesting fan- kids is pretty bad. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. not a finger bad. You no. Know? Um, cause you know, a finger that's like what, that's worth 20 grand, 15 grand. Yeah. I just watched cheap thrills. Um, <laughs> but yeah, totally. That's, that's what's going on. And also then, yeah, vigilante murdering somebody. It's like, I mean, in term like to be the, to be the vigilante murdered guy, I guess that'd be pretty bad. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. But, but yeah, it's a sort of like could be seen as escalating, or, or at least as, at the very least, returning in kind, if not with a little bit of extra crude interest. Yeah, exactly, like, 100%. And um, that's what I actually like about both these movies, is the bad guy's the bad guy, and they're mm-hmm. doing awful things, and they're identifiable as a villain, full stop. Yes. But 
from their perspective, they're very justified. And I think yeah. that's writing a villain while, like, yes. you know... Um, Realistically, at you, least. You hear actors that play villains talking about, like, I have to think I'm right to get the best performance. Yeah. And it's like, that's right there in the text of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It would be wild if the killers showed remorse, given yeah. how they're entering into this. Yeah, and especially because um, I remember in Cherry Falls, yeah. that wasn't the killer, like, their mom was, like, super abusive. Yeah, and because uh, the the killer was the result of the assault. Yes, kind of thing. exactly. And so it's like the killer was wronged in a lot of ways, and that was a direct result of what happened to his mom. But that actually brings it right back to Nightmare on Elm Street. If you remember the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels, Freddy Krueger is the bastard son of a thousand maniacs. That's right. In that there is a scene where his mom is literally assaulted by this group. Yeah, that's right. And there's the psychosis of the progenitors in the the father figure or whatever you want to say. Yeah, Yeah. father figure from a gang of... Yeah, so I think in, in, yeah, Freddy, it ends up being perhaps more of a nature over nurture kind of thing, whereas in Cherry Falls, I think there's more emphasis on the nurture. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You got the two sides of the Howard killer's name. Yeah, where, like, of course, Freddy Krueger is a serial killer because he's the son of a thousand rapists or maniacs or whatever, or a hundred, you know, whatever it is that they say in it. But this character, the villain in Cherry Falls, is essentially by birth in the same boat it's just that they they go to the nurture side of the debate yeah with it but you know it's uh the result of this assault that yeah. uh has rather than the the perpetrators of the assault being the ones that are like deranged lunatics yeah. as they are depicted in nightmare on elm street it is the mother the the person who is uh, assaulted that becomes deranged yeah because because the, the you know whoever the father is yeah because I know for part yeah. of the movie it's like a mystery. I mean, they all end up becoming like upstanding citizens yeah. and every. So whereas Freddy's fathers, if you want to call yeah. say that, are all like insane asylum, yeah. like you know, kind of like refuse of society. And I mean, you can totally away. see in that one who the father is because Robert Englund plays one of the yeah, 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 totally. Um, but the, the mythology of it is yeah. that like they all God. contributed. Trashy backstory, like, or at the very least, that they're all like interchangeable with one another. Yeah, absolutely. That it doesn't really matter who. Um, But it is kind of the idea that um, this biological event that generated through trauma is what causes the killer to start targeting the kids of the perpetrators of these crimes. Yes, you know, it's like, oh, you're starting to fucking see all this. um, Yeah, no uh, points were made. And then you look at the killer themselves. Like that's kind of what we're doing. They're doing horrible, awful stuff, but they're both shown as nightmare disfigurements mm-hmm. of a normative person, and I think in very problematic ways. Like, you know, you Freddy Krueger is, like, disfigured by the fire. He's this melted man kind of thing, and he's seen as a monster more than human, mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, kind well, of part of that, I imagine, would be the supernatural element of, like, Absolutely. being in dreams. That, and... that definitely yeah. adds to it. Uh, but it, it is one of those things where physically they're yes. marked by their difference in yeah. the terms of bodily autonomy right. whereas in cherry falls they're marked by their difference in terms of how they disrupt the gender binary yeah it's how they, do, they don't behave as yeah they because it is a uh, cross-dressing killer who as soon as uh, as we talk about in the episode recorded last year as you've just heard um as soon as the reveal happens you get all those like 
almost bad cliche telltale signs yeah. of like man in a dress yeah. it's no funny because uh, that reminds me we watched Total Recall a couple weeks ago just for That's the hell right. of it and I love the part when Arnie is sneaking into Mars dressed <laughs> as that woman and it's the woman's there and then as soon as Arnie pops all of a sudden it's like a linebacker in that same dress and yeah. it's like yo I, I didn't notice that <laughs> switch at all yeah, it's pretty funny some fancy movie magic there but yeah, uh, that basically kind of shows that the uh, nightmare disruption is in gender kind of thing mm-hmm. with Cherry Falls because you do have the disfigurement, but it's more of a yeah. It's like the mores of the heteronormative social order. Is yeah, it's, being it's a different kind of disfigurement. Yeah, but okay, this is the the big thing is both of these movies are an attack on innocence and the idea that that loss of innocence right. is what keeps you safe because in a Nightmare on Elm Street. They're only attacking the kids mm-hmm. because the parents have grown up. Yeah, and um, they're they're done. They, they, their hopes are over. Their, their their dreams are dashed. I also watched Mom and Dad last night, so this <laughs> is like very prescient. Yes, um, but they uh, their dreams are in their kids. Yes, and their kids, kids have the their dreams of the future, kind of thing. And so Freddie attacks them in their dreams, and it's very much. I am attacking the thing that makes you not only innocent, but gives you hope yeah, kind of thing. Right. Whereas in Cherry Falls, you take that in the literal notion of purity innocence, where yes. the virgins who are innocent are the ones who are being killed off, whereas the people who have lost their innocence, which essentially is all the adults post-high school, presumably. Especially the ones who have, you know, had kids. Yeah. Um, and Exactly, yes. And uh, also, like, the kids who have fucked yeah. kind of thing. It's like... Yep, you're you you no longer have that to look forward to. That moment is done. You are now matured. You're right. an adult, and that innocence is stripped away. You're all jaded. So man. it's kind of like really nihilistic that <laughs> the idea is that like when you can no longer be seen as having any kind of innocence, and you are now sullied by the world and or sexuality specifically, yeah. that has its own special yeah. sullying force. Then it's almost like you're not worth the time kind of thing. Or at least it wouldn't be as tragic if it happened yeah. to you because you don't have that same air of, like... Yeah, yeah and I want to be specific. We're using innocence, like, very... We're using the same way we use it used, in the episode. Like, yeah, yeah, like, we, we just to reiterate... Presumably, because yeah. I haven't listened to the episode, honestly. Yeah, no. Yeah, we, uh... we, don't, we don't buy into this whole, like, you're innocent until yeah, you fuck... It... Yeah, fair enough to reiterate that you really yeah. don't, because I think that comes across yeah. 100%. But like, yes, think, in case it doesn't, yeah. I guess that's a good point, because people love to take everything at face value and yes. have the most dipshit takes, right. bad t- faith And takes so, yeah, we're definitely on. going out, like, this is what the the message is, but we we don't endorse it. So we're pretty yeah. critical of it. But, yeah, but there's the, been, I think that turns it on its head and shows how ridiculous it is that it's like, okay, this, so somebody... A teen- like you have teenager A and teenager B who are both children of parents who have grandparents, who have families who love them, and the one who is fucked, their death is less tragic than the one who hasn't. And that is the only difference between them. Well, exactly, and that's kind of where it gets really fucking complicated in the yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street way, where right. it's just like, uh, it goes back to the whole myth of the innocent child, mm-hmm. you know, like childhood, when it was like invented in the Victorian era kind of thing, the yeah. concept of it. It's uh, that whole thing, like that yes. childlike innocence and wonder is what's being dashed. And in both these movies, it is also what makes them innocent is what is being uh, weaponized against them. Mm-hmm. Because in A Nightmare on Elm Street, you have these characters being killed in their dreams. And yeah. it's like they have dreams for the future 
and their literal dreams are turned back on them and to kill e- them. Yeah, and then and even, like, dreams, there, there's a certain amount of, like... Because dreams are usually counted as different than nightmares. Yes. So if you think of just dreams, dreams... You're supposed to be safe when you're asleep. You're in a yeah. very sort of, like, disarmed, very mm-hmm. vulnerable kind of state. And dreams are, you know, go off to dreamland. Yeah. And, like, it's often seen as, like, a reprieve from, like, stressful life or yeah. as, you know, whatever. So that in and of itself is a space of, like, like disarmament yeah. and sort of, like, safety. So then to have that, yeah, weaponized. Mm. And that, that's, that's an extra level of, like, you were supposed to be safe here. Yeah. But th- and you weren't. But that's a great point because, uh, especially when you bring up Nightmare and how it's different from what we think of as a dream kind mm-hmm. of thing. Because, um, yeah, it is the sullying and disfiguring and uh, brutalizing of the dream. Yeah. It's become a nightmare kind of thing. And that mirrors the notion of the future because you always hear about the American dream. Mm-hmm. And then you grow up and realize under capitalism, it's a nightmare kind of thing. <laughs> um, that's why I always liked the uh, notion of the Canadian dream I got from my film <laughs> right. class better, where the American dream is... Um, try and you'll succeed, work hard and you'll get there. Whereas in Canada, it's like you will always fail. So there's no point in trying. (laughs) At least, you know, that's the very sort of like Western mindset, Canadian film kind of thing. Yeah. I was going to say, I I don't know that. That's a very colonial kind of thing. You live in a pretty like entrepreneurs. Oh, well, especially in this province, it's really just like, if I suck America's dick hard enough, will the nut turn me into America junior? Yeah, pretty much. Like that's kind of what's going on. But anyway, this all goes back to Cherry Falls Swell in that the human drive, as it is often portrayed in literally all media and all walks of life, is to fuck. Mm -hmm. That's what they all say. I have issues with that. Mm -hmm. Many issues that I've talked about at length, not on the podcast, but uh, the notion that everything boils down to fucking full stop and is the ultimate achievement of life. What's that, that thing? Everything is about sex, except sex. That's about power. Oh, God, that's so true, though. But that actually also fits in this, because um, just like the dream, like your dream for your future, that's your whole life. The whole notion of, like, sex is that ultimate milestone sort of thing. It is destroyed and perverted and Mm -hmm. turned around on the people in that, in a society that is puritanical, as is said in this movie, basically the kids are doing survival sex kind of thing. And society definitely looks down on survival sex work kind of thing. So it's sort of sullying what they think is pure and virtuous and good about sex and it's turning it back on the people and um so it's either you know the 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 the, like aspiration to fuck is like almost like the kids aren't aware of it because they're just like shit yeah i've got an excuse my parents are gonna vouch for me and buy me some condoms they may not realize it but it's being like distorted turned around just like the dream for the future Mm -hmm. in nightmare on street is being distorted so this movie basically weaponizes the innocence and the uh, goals of youth culture against the people and is killing them for it. And that's the big tragedy of these movies. Right. And I think there's another level there, too, if you're talking about like the dream of the future mm-hmm. and stuff that gets destroyed, at least for the main character, for Brittany Murphy's character, when she yeah. finds out, like, oh, the... like here's what happened to to this young woman from these upstanding members of the community. Like, this idea that, like, the, or at least the facade of, like, what life is like and yeah. and how do I fit into that in the future because I'm presumably going to stay in this town yes. and, re, you know, enact similar role, you know, be like my parents kind of thing. Yeah. And to realize that, oh, that's not all what it seems, yeah. then I could see that having a potentially, like, future-shattering, yeah. dream-shattering effect, too. And actually, that's a great point because these, when you mention, like, 
that kind of vision of the future. That's where these converge, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because, you know, the idyllic American dream in terms of, like, Reaganistic right. nostalgia, like, culture is to have this nuclear family kind of thing. Yeah. And the nuclear family hinges on fucking kind yep. of thing as a notion. And so that's kind of where these two things converge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is my dog shit brain take on why this movie's actually a nightmare on Elm Street, and I stand by it. It is the trans panic version of a nightmare on Elm Street. Fair. Anything you want to add to that discourse other than what you have already? <laughs> other than what I said, I don't think so. I, I don't oh, think yeah. it's a dog shit as you're <laughs> playing it up to be. Yeah, it, it's a stretch, but you know, like, me, I get, I like but I mean, stretch. yeah, I say we do that. We're very stretchy people. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's it. Cool. I guess the intro is very clipped, or not the intro, the outro is very clipped on the episode that we have recorded, specifically because I had to cut a lot of stuff that just no longer made sense. Mm. Like, in the episode, there's even a part where I mention our very special next week episode, <laughs> and it's... Like, what the fuck We is did that, that again. Uh, it must have been the, the Shark, Shark Week one, yeah. because we're talking about... I, I think it's at the beginning of Shark Night. There's a part where the character's like, yo, you gotta buy alcohol to get her drunk so she'll sleep with you. Oh. And that comes up. So that's the movie I'm referencing when I mention that. I the only reason I didn't cut that out is because it was it was kind of a hard edit to right. do. So I'm just like, fuck it. That's what we were talking about. That is not next episode because I don't want to watch that movie again yet, even. So I don't even remember it, but I, I know that I don't want to watch it again anytime it's soon. It's not great. <laughs> It's probably like uh, Citizen Kane level compared to some of the shark movies that I know are <laughs> out there, thanks to a certain podcast we have mentioned. Uh, but it's, yeah, that won't be next week's. I'm not even sure quite yet. We're floating a couple things. but yeah. And by next week's, I mean two weeks. Next episode. Yes, next episode. Out of habit, I say next week. I just mean next episode. Right. Um, we will have one up, inshallah. So we'll see what we'll happens. Do it. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy our very quick recommendations including mine which is something we've recommended and talked about at length but i just did anyway who cares and see you next time yeah before we go we do have some recommendations always uh you want to go ahead with yours so while we're on the topic of purity and horror around purity cultures Mm -hmm. virginity sex teen all that bullshit when I was thinking of recommendations, the first one that popped in my head was 2007's Teeth. Right. Mm-hmm. Probably because I had all the purity stuff in my mind. And, and like, they, they literally have, like, their purity rings. Yeah. And they, they point to them and say, purity, yeah. when they're making out Fuck. to stop to stop things from escalating. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's another one that, um, well, it's not, a, it's not a slasher. So, it, it examines that stuff. I haven't seen Absolutely. it in years, so I don't want to say if it does a good job. Yeah. Of doing so, but it, it engages with it at the very least. So yeah, totally. I, I definitely need to revisit it. It's been... Yeah, it's been... It's been I, I probably haven't seen it in a decade at this point, so... Yeah, totally. Like, um, I know we'd both seen it before we met. Like, that was yeah. one of those ones where it's like, have you seen Teeth? And it's, it's like, yeah, As totally. a matter of fact, I have. Yeah. I watched um, it on my iPod on an airplane. Nice. Like, on my little iPod classic. The so, like, perfect way to watch a movie. I know, right? So, like, I seriously need to, like, like watch it on a TV. Yeah, fair enough. My recommendation is going to be another movie. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this one at one point or another. It uh, uses virginity as part of its plot structure in a way that it kind of skews skews that uh, 
perception and it's expectations and it's a fun high school movie i'm talking about 2009's jennifer's body hell yeah um this one's on my mind because we watched it not too long ago that's right and uh it's just a lot of fun it's It's having that reappraisal it it really deserves Mm -hmm. right now um last year was the 10th anniversary and people are finally getting on board with this movie appreciating it and giving Um, it the respect it deserves not pretending like i appreciate out of the gate i actually didn't see it till just a couple years ago well Um, i saw it i want to say in 2009 or 2010 because i remember I remember we, we like I didn't see it in theaters like we bought it, we we watched it on DVD. We got the sh- the Jennifer's Body shirts from Hot Topic because that said I eat boys, and this we being my sisters and I. Yeah. And I remember I remember liking it. I thought it was weird. Right. But I was like, oh, I like it. That's fun. Yeah. It was only when I saw it like with you that I was yeah. like, oh my god, this is good. Like, yeah. be- I think because it's such an amazing, it's such a perfect like encapsulation of like the sort of like two thousands like la- latter half, I guess right. even. Like it's a very two thousand nine movie. It is. It is, and and so I think having seen it in 2009 i didn't appreciate that it was a period piece yeah totally and then seeing it later in like i don't know 2018 or whatever it was like oh it's kind of like watching um, halloween from the late 70s where there's a scene where they're driving around in like a muscle car smoking weed and listening right. to Don't Fear the Reaper. It's like, that's so fucking 70s. Totally. But it probably wasn't meant as a period piece comment Exactly, at the time, yeah. exactly. And this is Jennifer's Body for 2009. Exactly. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, good I movies. adore it. Well, take it easy and keep it sleazy. <laughs>